record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Well, welcome, folks, to On the Record. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, I know a bunch of you have, those of you who listen to us regularly, have heard some of our other editors doing these. Um, we try to spread the love and give everybody a chance to uh, participate in the podcast. But I am back in the chair this week, and my guest is Jay Reno, founder and CEO of Feather, a unique subscription service that is making news all over the place, uh, and just recently made some news with the introduction of a new private label assortment of over 200 SKUs. Jay, congratulations. Welcome. Um, tell me a little bit about that. That's a, a very, very um, aggressive step. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Um, well, first, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, and welcome back yourself, I guess. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, we've been busy at Feather. We're always busy, uh, as it turns out. Um, so over the last two years, uh, we've had countless conversations with our, with our renters, um, about the challenges that, that come with creating a home when life is in motion. And, uh, we decided to build our own offering, uh, our own furniture line in a way that would help solve these problems through a combination of versatility, comfort, and quality. Um, so we spent the better part of the last two years building, uh, designing, manufacturing our own furniture line, and are so proud to be, you know, announcing uh, our, our own products. That's really unique in, in the subscription space. There's, uh, you know, if you go to a typical rent-to-own or even subscription model, it is um, it is somewhat unusual to see things that are unique to that space. Um, I'm curious, since you develop these products yourselves, um, what kind of feedback you were able to incorporate in the design, how you were able to bring some unique uh, elements to them that, uh, you know, that allow them to fit the lifestyle of people who are uh, choosing to shop or to use this model. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Ultimately, there were two reasons why we decided to develop our own furniture line. Um, the first is customer demand. Uh, we've been listening to our customers over the last three years and we've heard what they, what they love. Uh, we've heard that they love our offering. Um, and then we realized that they wanted a bit more variety, a bit more selection, uh, a bit more versatility. So what we did is we decided to design furniture that, uh, that would be, uh, built to last. Um, so furniture that's been designed with component parts, furniture that is extremely durable, furniture that can be refurbished really quickly and easily. Um, and we've, uh, we've been, you know, early signs are we've been, uh, we've had a significant uptick in orders since we launched our furniture and, uh, and people are really loving it. Um, the other was a lot of people, uh, a lot of people wanted to be able to mix and match uh, our products together. And so having a very um, simple, design aesthetic allowed us to have that versatility uh, in color, in tone, um, and in fabric. So we were able to then look at all of our product and 
uh, across every single category and design and manufacture items that that met our uh, our diligent refurbishment and sustainability standards, but also allowed people to uh, to mix and match items much more easily within our offering. I, I want to come back to that sustainability component. Um, but before I do, I just want to take kind of a, a brief um, a brief second for some of I, I know some of the folks who listen and some of the folks who are in our audience understand the subscription model. Other people think of it as, you know, very similar to just, you know, a furniture rental. Right. Um, explain to to people who are somewhat new to this type of format what it is that's unique about subscription versus you know, customers who go to, uh, you know, a rent a center or an errands and rent their furniture. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So uh, there are a few key differences between companies like Rent-A-Center and Aaron's. Um, Rent-A-Center and Aaron's are primarily focused on um, a demographic that has uh, an inability to buy items up front or buy, you know, moderately priced to expensive uh, items up front and will help help people finance those items uh, over, you know, a period of time. Um, well, the unfortunate part is that the the customer of those those businesses will end up paying two, three times the actual retail price of the of the of the item itself, um, and almost fifty percent of people end up defaulting on payments and uh, have to return the items at some point. So, doesn't doesn't typically the way it's the way it's designed and set up isn't typically meant for, uh, or, or I guess isn't 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 a wonderful experience for people. I'll put it that way. Well, I um, think the end goal there, right, is really to purchase, right? When they when they do that, there is a, a kind of lease to own, whereas subscription is really more focused around a particular demographic and a particular lifestyle. Totally. Yeah, that's 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 one of the other primary reasons. Yeah, is our customer base is a mobile, uh, an upwardly mobile, urban dwelling uh, millennial, uh, people who are moving place to place relatively frequently. Um, they might stay in an apartment for a year, two years, three years at a time. And instead of buying and owning stuff when they're moving between spaces relatively constantly, um, they are deciding to rent furniture with Feather. Um, and what rental does is rental provides people that freedom and flexibility so that they can have the items when they want it and then have them taken away when they when they don't need them anymore. I guess the, the reality is, you know, when you move from place to place and Everyone is. Everyone's been through uh, many moves in their lives. Uh, every every one of your listeners, I'm sure. Um, Myself included. You're, <laughs> yep, exactly. And each time you move to a different place, it's you have a completely different layout of your living room, a different layout of your bedroom. There may be a dining room uh, in an urban environment. There may not be a dining space, so you may have to squeeze in a small uh, round table uh, that that. You jam into a corner um, and you eat at also infrequently, uh, but you think you'll eat at it more frequently than you do. Um, so the so the, the reality is every time you move, you have these different spaces. You have different layouts. You have different uh, aesthetics within the space. You might have a, a brick wall in a Brooklyn apartment and then move to a high rise in Manhattan that has uh, white walls and is a little bit more modern looking. And your furniture just doesn't fit physically or stylistically into your next space uh, as it did perfectly when you put it into the space that it was designed for. So what rental does is it helps people, um, it helps people 
design and fit their space based on their current life circumstances and doesn't require you to have any hassle uh, in getting that furniture delivered and set up in your home. We do all that heavy lifting for you. Now, the other thing, and you mentioned that people are looking for mix and match, and I I think that that, re- that desire is because people are not just coming in and renting an item. They're coming in and using the subscription to furnish an apartment. So it's not just one piece, but but really room sets, correct? That's, that's yeah, it's completely right. We have, uh, we have packages that are on our website that allow people to rent an entire living room package, an entire dining room package, uh, an entire bedroom package. So you can one-click add anything to cart. Um, if you want to rent an entire studio apartment, you can rent an entire studio apartment for $89 a month. Um, that's that's our, our lowest or entry price point. You could rent an entire one-bedroom uh, worth of furniture for under $150 a month. So it's it's extremely accessible to most people, um, and uh, and it's it's been it's been quite successful for us so far to have uh, have these packages built. I'm guessing some millennials spend more than that on Starbucks a month. I mean, guilty, <laughs> guilty. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know that Feather is relatively young, but given the frequency that which with which these customers are moving, have you started to see any? Um, repeat users of the service yet, or is it too soon? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, we, we really have. We've been around for three and a half years at this point, um, and many of the customers sign one-year leases with us, so they need furniture for the length of their apartment lease. Uh, and then at the end, people have the choice to renew their apartment lease or to move to a different space. And for the people who are renewing their apartment lease, uh, they will either continue renting those items they can buy the items out if they want to buy the items and they'll never pay more than retail if they want to buy the items. Um, or they can return it. If they're moving to a new place. They can return the items uh, and we'll come pick them up. Um, and if they're moving to a new place. They can use Feather again uh, within their city that they're in if they're moving uh, between apartments or across the country. Um, if you're moving from New York to LA, which... Uh, a fair number of our customers are actually doing right now. Um, you people are returning their furniture locally in New York and picking up their new furniture locally in LA. Um, why, why spend, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of dollars trucking your furniture across the country when uh, there's a much simpler model, which is return locally, pick up locally. Um, yeah, again, there, I'm going to say guilty. I, um, went, you know, I moved from New York to North Carolina and all of my belongings and my wife's into a truck, not an insignificant expense. So where were you six years ago when I moved? I know. Well, you're not wrong to have done it. Exactly. Even if we did exist, um, people buy and own stuff. And the challenge of Feather as a business is to help people get useful life out of the stuff they do have. Uh, which is not feather furniture, then when when the furniture has reached end of life, help them figure out how to dispose of it responsibly, um, and then adopt this new rental lifestyle, which will very often be much more affordable um, than the alternative, which is, you know, buying and owning and uh, schlepping from New York to Greensboro. Um, and, uh, and, and so we've helped make a lot of people's lives, um, you know, a little bit simpler. We've helped people save money. Um, 
And then we're, we're very focused on helping uh, keep furniture in homes and out of landfills. And that's the other core part of our business. Yeah, that was that was the part I wanted to come back to. You, you mentioned that now. I mean, you talked about sustainability. You talked about end of life. Um, and the materials that you've used in your new furniture collection, the new private label connect collection, um, also have that kind of a story. Tell me how you came to focus on sustainability and, and what that looks like as you uh, incorporate that in your business model. Yeah, well, this is so this is at the core of our DNA as a company. Um, I got my master's degree in climate and environmental science at Columbia University in New York. So I ended up moving here originally to study climate science uh, and environmental science. Um, I've worked in a lot of uh, a lot of roles in a lot of companies that have focused on sustainability. Uh, so this is I mean, this is core to Feather as a business. Um, it's deep in our DNA. It's deep in my DNA. Um, you know, I, the mission of our company is to transform humanity's relationship with material goods for a healthier and happier planet. The first part of that transform humanity's relationship with material goods. So stuff or furniture in this case, um, today we buy and own things. And when we buy and own things as individual people or as individual households, we are responsible for the items that we've bought. We are responsible for caring for them, for cleaning them, uh, maintaining them, detailing them. And then what people forget about when we buy things is that we're responsible for for responsible disposal or responsible reuse. Um, most furniture today is not necessarily designed to have lots of lives um, to be given from one person to the next. A lot of it is disposable. A lot of it has been designed to be disposable so that... Um, Companies can have high margins, um, and uh, and that that we find, uh, you know, we're, we're we very much disagree with that mentality. Um, so we've built much more of a circular model, right? Our circular model is create an input, which for us is our own line of furniture that's durable, that's built to last, that's made of sustainable materials, that's got performance on some of the fabrics, so that the items won't just get destroyed uh, if someone poured wine on it accidentally. Um, if a uh, if a a back cushion on a sofa were to get you know torn to shreds by your dog, uh, which happens more often than you'd think, instead of having to throw away the sofa or try to order a repartment a replacement part from a from your retailer who often will not do that because they don't keep replacement parts. Um, you have to then throw the sofa out or use the sofa with two cushions instead of three or whatever it is. Um, so our, our, the, the model that we've designed and created is such that it, we ingest our own furniture into this reverse logistics model, into this circular model. Um, again, the furniture is, is, is as it needs to be, um, which doesn't really exist out in the market uh, for a subscription first principles or rental first principles business. And we then take those items and we're able to deliver them to many different people before the product reaches its end of life. And that's extremely important. That's just one part of the, the circular model. The other part is what do you do at the end? Um, how do you design your furniture such that at the end of its life, uh, the furniture doesn't just end up in a landfill? Right? We have 20 billion pounds of furniture every year that ends up in landfills. And that's 
the same amount as the number of water bottles or weight of water bottles that end up in the ocean each year. So this is a, you know, our, our collective furniture industry um, has created some massive problems, massive challenges for us to undo. And we are, uh, we are taking what little steps we can right now as a company to help reverse um, some of the shift from building things that are durable and last to building things that are dropshippable, disposable, and, uh, and one to two time use. So that's, that's where we are as a company. And as you can probably tell, I'm very, very impassioned by this. Uh, so I will, I'll pause for now and let you get a word in. That's no, no, that's okay. Um, people can listen to me anytime. It's the whole, it's the whole value of this is bringing unique voices. Um, I, I want to go down this path because I think this is something that, I mean, from all of the research that we've done, resonates strongly with your consumer base. Millennial consumers are far more concerned about the environment and sustainability. It resonates much more strongly with them. Do you find that when people choose you, that that knowledge um, actually resonates and actually factors in to their choice to come to Feather and use the model? You know what? It it does. it, it doesn't as much as I would hope it would at the end of the day, but we are taking steps to make that the case. So first and foremost, um, people care about convenience and flexibility, right? They need to have a convenient solution, which is Feather delivering and assembling furniture in people's homes for free as part of being a member. So that is extremely convenient. Place an order within a week, we'll show up and we'll set up your entire apartment, soup to nuts. Um, and and people find that wonderful, right? That is base level uh, service. Then there's the flexibility element, which is, okay, I don't know what's going to happen in my changing life. Uh, I might get a new job. I might have a new girlfriend or boyfriend. I might need to move to a new location. Uh, I don't know what's happening in my changing life, nor can I forecast it. So the flexibility element of Feather has been extremely valuable for, for, the, for our demographic. Um, the people between going to college and buying a home, which is a broad, about 20 years of people's lives. Um, Feather is a very good solution for. And then right after that is sustainability. So it's okay, you've checked these incredible boxes. I didn't realize that furniture could be so convenient. I didn't realize that furniture and home furnishings could be flexible. Um, Very cool, you have me. Um, Oh, wait, and you're building furniture that's keeping furniture in homes and out of landfills. Everything that you're doing, your brand resonates with me. Your values resonate with me. The furniture is fantastic from what I can see in the photos. Um, I'm in. So that that is uh, that is the typical customer path. And and yeah, sustainability is important. And it is today it's really the cherry on top for many people, rather than the thing that gets people um, in the door and you know effectively sells them on on your service or your your furniture line. Kind of a confirmation of a decision, but not a cost of entry. Exactly. You know, it's funny. Like, there's a there's a soap company called Method Soap, which I'm sure most people have heard of or had in their home at one point or another. And there, they started uh, very much with the same ethos as us, which is to try to make an industry more sustainable and transform your relationship with something. Um, but what was it that sold people on method soap in the early days? It wasn't that our soap is, um, is made, uh, is chemical free or has all of these, it lacks all of these 
toxic chemicals. Um, but it was check out how beautiful the bottle is, right? <laughs> and how nice the pump works on your uh, on the on the soap canister. And oh, and the soap works really nicely, and it foams. That's cool. Oh wait, oh and it's it's better than the stuff that I would get uh, at the grocery store. Oh, interesting. Okay, yes. Now you you got me. Um, so it, that's that's what I've found in general. Um, you know, helps change people's perception about uh, about a product, and it makes it really easy to make smart and environmentally responsible choices. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Trisha again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. I want to talk about how the business has evolved. Um, right now, you're bi-coastal, right? You're in California, Orange County, LA, and San Francisco. You're in New York. How do you see that evolving? I mean, I, it makes a lot of sense when you talk about urban millennials. Obviously, those are some of the, the largest, most urban markets, um, most affluent urban markets for those those folks. Is that something uh, that how do you see that evolving as you go forward? Yeah, you know, I mean, there there are many cities in the U.S. There are many cities in the world. Um our business can sustain itself uh, with urban dwellers for as long as for as long as we would need. Um, so our primary focus is on the urban dwelling human um, who is in 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 more frequent move moments in their lives. Um, as we go forward, that that likely won't change very much, given that um, there are fifty cities in the U.S. alone that have, I believe, it's over four hundred thousand people. In them, and our model works really well in cities that are large. Obviously, there's more opportunity in cities that are large. Uh, we've also looked at smaller cities; it works really nicely in smaller cities. Um, so, yeah, we just uh, we are we are at the beginning of our business, um, and we've seen such a strong reception in the in the four large geographies that we're in. That um, yeah, has given us confidence to continue growing, and has given our incredible investor base um, confidence and continuing to fund our growth and expansion. Well, what a perfect segue. Thank you for setting that up. I was just going to ask <laughs> you about your latest round of funding. Um, yeah. You just, you just did get a new round of funding. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And to the extent that you can, what are you going to do with the money? Yeah, you bet. Um, so yeah, we've been, we've been very, very fortunate along the way to have, incredible venture capital backers from some of the best venture capital funds in the world. I mean, these funds who gave us our first investment were the first investors in Amazon, Google, uh, Uber, et cetera. So large uh, Wayfair. Um, Big uh, the, yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how I felt when we, uh, when we, uh, when we raised our first round of capital was we have uh, a lot ahead of us, um, but there's so much opportunity and that these people who make smart investments, looked at our team, looked at our mission as a business and looked at our traction and said, let's get behind this company who uh, we never really thought about rental furniture as a thing previously, but they've convinced us that this is a an incredibly large opportunity, an incredibly 
quick growing trend. Um, so we, we've been, we've been able to bring incredible investors on board. Our last round of funding was uh, $30 million of venture capital. Um, and we raised that money from all, you know, many of our existing investors and a few new investors. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been, a it's been an incredible experience, um, to have these people on board. What are we going to do with this capital? Uh, well, you're, you're looking at it right now. Uh, we've been investing in building out our own furniture line. Um, we are, uh, expanding to new geographies, uh, at some point we will come back to you when, uh, when we have an announcement there. Um, and we're tripling down on the software and the reverse logistics capabilities that make our business extremely unique. Nothing, none of it is copyable. Um, all of what we've built internally under the hood is purely our own software and it is built with reverse logistics first principles in mind. And the reality is with, with any other furniture company or any other retailer for that matter, um, your inventory management system, your warehousing uh, software, your delivery software, all, all of this is built one directionally. It's built for, uh, everyone's model is built for stuff to go into a warehouse and then stuff to be delivered to a consumer's home and then to never pick that back up again, right? Return rates uh, for retailers, furniture retailers, any retailers, like kind of the bane of, of, of their existence. I mean, nobody wants their furniture back that they've delivered to a consumer's home. Uh, what can you do with that furniture? Well, you can sell it for pennies on the dollar if you're lucky. Um, you can host it at clearance sales. I mean, there, there are a few things that you can really do um, with, with all this excess inventory that comes back. But in our business model, we actually want the furniture back. We want it back with a passion. We want our customer to use it um, and return it to us. So our, our software allows us to re-ingest all of our unique IDs back into the back into the uh, into our software, um, manage and control all of our inventory. Um, once you get to a certain size and scale, which we have passed uh, previously, everything starts falling apart unless you have the right technology in place to manage everything. So, uh, you know, a lot of this uh, this round's funding is going into um, expansion and um, and then also tripling down on the the software needed to power the, the business, which is truly one of our modes as a company. Is is this proprietary technology or are you using existing platforms? And and I'm, there's a reason I'm asking and I'll get to that when you answer. Yeah, it is fully Feather uh, software. Built, built, designed and built by Feather engineers. I think we're about we're in the 15 to 20 software developers on our, on our team right now who are uh, building the software every day. Well, the thing I find fascinating about that, and, and I'm just kind of brainstorming, we're, we're just um, fantasizing here. I think about the proliferation of e-commerce retailers, right? Direct to consumer, whether it's in the, the boxed mattress category, whether it's in the sofa business, whether it's Amazon, Wayfair, Overstock, all of them are challenged with returns, right? Furnitures, local furniture stores do a much better job of making um, furniture stick in the home because they do, they focus on that in so much more intense way. But when you think about the proliferation of e-com, there is no reverse logistics 
operation set up. And so as I, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I'm thinking about Amazon Web Services and how that segment of Amazon's business makes them so much more relevant and so much more powerful than just a place to buy, you know, stuff. Um, that element of their business. And I, I mean, I'm certain that you can't talk about whether that's part of your, you know, pitch to investors or whether investors invest in you because they think of that. But boy, I have to tell you as a, as a concept, the idea of being able to scale a, a reverse logistics operation, that is a, that is a very intriguing possibility. It certainly is. It certainly is. Yeah. That's, uh, that is why we exist at our core. We are a logistics company that is powered by software. We have started with furniture. Um, we are so, oh, side note, we've also launched art and rugs and other decor, which our customers have been clamoring about for ever. Um, they are our, our most searched items. Uh, in fact, that didn't return results were art and rugs. And we were so proud to, to launch that um, as part of this last uh, round of furniture that we, that we designed and manufactured. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it, this business is impossible to build if you don't have your own proprietary software to power it at scale. Um, it'll all fall apart if if you if you don't have this. So the large the, the big box retailers like you just mentioned they they've been scrambling for years to figure out what to do with returns given that most you know many purchases have shipped on shifted online from COVID alone. Uh, uh, the Furniture, let's see, this isn't furniture, but this is broadly e-commerce. E-commerce was 15% of total uh, global spend um, as of pre-COVID, but just later. One week after COVID shutdown, all e-commerce shifted from 15% to 30%. It took 20 plus years to one week from 15 to 30% uh, of share of, of global spend uh, to e-commerce. Uh, furniture is, you know, is even, is probably even behind that. I don't know the exact stat, but um, there's a lot of room to, to shift to, uh, to either e-commerce um, or to a model like ours where, um, you know, you take an asset, you utilize the asset's life over a much longer period of time than you would have otherwise than you would have otherwise uh, utilized that item, um, which generates more revenue for your business. And it also, um, again, if you've designed and built your own furniture correctly, it, it keeps the furniture in circulation and in people's homes rather than in landfills. So it's this, this, this shift is, um, to rental, uh, to e-commerce to some degree is, uh, is a good thing for, for, uh, for the economy and the planet. I'm curious, you, you mentioned COVID, um, and being in New York, uh, LA, Orange County, San Francisco, I mean, you were in probably the places that were hit earliest and at, reacted most aggressively. I'm curious, um, what impact you saw from, uh, from the events surrounding the pandemic's spread? Well, yeah, sure. Uh, I think the first, the first thing that we did was we shut our business down to be very cautious. Um, in the early days, we shut we shut our deliveries down for half a month uh, while we were figuring out um, what was happening in the world, how we wanted to address the shift. So we were 
paying all of our employees, our delivery employees, who are all full-time employees, by the way, um, throughout throughout COVID, even when they were not working. Um, and what we ended up doing was saying, you know what? Um, people are still coming to our site and they're still ordering furniture uh, at the same levels that they were previously um, for once we open back up, that why don't we open up and offer a contactless delivery as an option for people. Well, in the early days of COVID, more people than not chose contactless delivery, which was, which is effectively a way for us to deliver furniture to the threshold of your home. Um, in apartments, that would be the, uh, the, your apartment door. So it'd get as close to your home as, as possible. And then, uh, you as the customer would bring the items inside and do the final assembly. Now, that's not the full feather experience. Um, but some people, we're more comfortable with that, and we're more happy with that. Fast forward to today, the overwhelming, we still offer contactless delivery, but the overwhelming majority of people um, are more comfortable with us delivering, installing furniture in, in their home, setting it all up, making their place look great, and and then leaving um, with, with, uh, with our team entering the home, wearing masks, with extra protection, um, sanitizers, etc. So... Um, yeah, I think in the early days, it was just a question of what's going to, what, what's happening in the world right now. And I think that was a broad question across every industry. And, and now we've seen a, a pretty solid rebound, um, from, from the early days of COVID. That suggests that you've been proactive in your messaging also, because I would think that for a consumer who's, um, a subscription consumer or rental consumer, they recognize that they may not be the first people to have used this furniture. Um, and so that I would think that at least some of them, it crosses their mind, well, what kind of sanitation, you know, has been done on this? Um, sanitization, I think is the correct word. So what, what did you do in terms of your communication to, to your customers? Because obviously if your sales are not going down, you've done something to make people feel comfortable. Yeah, we very quickly put up a COVID-related FAQ on our site uh, with the banner uh, up at the top um, that, that would link directly to it to get people to understand what contactless delivery was and what extra measures we were putting in place to make this act an actual, you know, a safe transaction for our employees and for our customers. Um, we our, our cleaning and refurbishment process covers a lot of a lot of what uh, would be required from COVID anyway, which is the cleaning and sanitization uh, with um, biodegradable solutions, um, you know, to clean the sofa, uh, to clean the upholstery, to clean our, our wood surfaces, our marble surfaces, et cetera. So we, we've been doing that since day one anyway. Um, fast forward, though, what we, what we also did is we added, added some additional levels of protection um, where people are wearing uh, masks, we are hand sanitizing our pro we're hand sanitizing in our warehouses. We're more aggressively now sanitizing the furniture itself, and we let it sit in the warehouse for the period of time per the CDC, so that um, COVID cannot actually last on on most services longer than two days. So we keep the furniture um, set aside. Um, so that there is nothing on it. Then we sanitize it multiple times to be to be safe, um, and then and then deliver the furniture, you know, days or weeks later. And obviously, that the communication of that is is resonating with the with your customers. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if you are honest and open with any, any in any industry, um, you build a loyal following of people who trust you. I think trust is, is the name of the game and, and building a long lasting relationship. And that's, that's what we do as a company. We're focused on trust. I mean, we're, we're, we're building long relationships, um, long lifetimes with, with our customer base. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's just, that's table stakes uh, for us. So, um, nothing, nothing new there. Oh, I want to just kind of, um, you know, what does the future look like? And I, and I know you, you know, you mentioned potential new markets and obviously you're not prepared at this time to announce any specifics. That's fine. Um, not to come back and break some news with us, but, um, you know, in, in general terms, how do you see this evolving? Um, and not just feather, but subscription as an industry. I mean, because it, it has become one of the most active segments of the furniture business. I mean, I don't think. A month goes by where we are not writing about um, a subscription service. It just seems to have become one of the hottest segments of uh, of the furniture business. Yeah, yeah. We, so we we created that in the U.S. I mean, this was this was Feather's impetus. Ultimately, was seeing that there is a huge opportunity to one solve lots of pain points in people's lives, which is the convenience element of furniture and then the flexible element of furniture uh, and the sustainable element of, of, of furniture where today, you know, like I was saying, there's a lot of disposable furniture in the world and people, uh, while it won't be the first uh, reason to not buy disposable on their minds, uh, it is certainly something that weighs on people who buy furniture that's not built to last. Um, so yeah, it's, I think um, the evolution uh, it, this this is this is a, a fast growing segment. I mean, this is um, it's great it's great that uh, that that there are other companies that um, see the same vision that that I brought to life you know years ago, um, and are are probably realizing you know similar but earlier successes. Um, and and as far as the future of this industry, I just I you know. I, I I don't know the exact percentage of um, of people that are renting versus own furniture. It's certainly less than one percent of people that rent versus own. Um, if you think about the future of having a relationship with material goods, uh, which you will always have a relationship with stuff, you'll always have stuff or need stuff in your life. Um, a a new model where you are. Um, where you have the ability to uh, rent it or have it for a period of time, um, coupled with the ability to own items, because sometimes ownership actually does make sense for people, um, is a very different, um, it's a very different future than than just buying and owning things on day one. And there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity to help shift people's mindsets away from a buy first, own first mentality to a uh, a rent-first mentality. I, I want to talk to you as a, as a business owner and somebody who manages people. Um, as we are talking, I am sitting here in my home office where I have been for the last 90 plus days, like many people. Um, our offices remain closed. I, I don't know the status of your offices. I'm curious um, what impact the virus has had on your work arrangements and how you guys have worked around that and what you see that, how you see that shaping up going forward. Yeah, t- two quick answers. I mean, the first is, uh, well, work from home orders on Feather's website spiked 
more than 400% since COVID. So that would include items like desks, tasks, chairs, or things that help you work more effectively or efficiently or more comfortably. Um, so that has been a, a boon to, to our business. Um, but, and why is that, my, is my second point. Well, we believe the future of work is work from anywhere. It's a combination of you having a home set up that's comfortable so you can live and work in your home comfortably and interchange between those two, those two, you know, living at home and working at home relationships uh, very comfortably. And, uh, and also having a space to go to as a company or as a sole proprietor, uh, that is a place where you can go to collaborate with other people. Um, I see the future of work as being less, you go to an office, you sit in your office uh, at your, your own unique desk with your other 50 employees or friends uh, sitting next to you. Uh, and seeing it shift right now to, to being much more of a, of a collaborative work environment. Um, we have many office customers that come to us and place orders. Um, and we're seeing that shift from being purely desks and task chairs to desks, task chairs, and other items um, like lounge furniture or conference tables or uh, collaborative spaces. So, yeah, there's the, the question that still remains in my mind, and I think in a lot of you know real estate brokers' minds and in workplace managers' minds is uh, and business owners' minds is like how much people want to go into an office versus want to work from home. That will unfold and I believe change over time. I think there's, um, it's very new and novel for people right now. Um, people seem to be as productive, if not more productive today at home, um, working from home uh, without, you know, some distraction, without the commute, which is usually significant for a lot of people. Um, and instead you can use that time to be more productive. Um, I do think there's also the, the, um, the downside of being at home, uh, all the time and working at home all the time is it's your work, your work life and, uh, personal life will bleed together much, much more, um, if you're in the same space. So I think very important to have a separate and separated as much as possible, um, work from home space that is purely a workspace. And then you get up from that and you can mosey about your home, um, and enjoy it as your home rather than as a home and workspace constantly. So I think that's just something to, to be careful of, uh, for people as, as well, trying to navigate what to do while, uh, in, in a, in a COVID world. Absolutely. Well, there's been a whole lot of stuff to think about uh, as we talked here today, and it's uh, I think Feather is is has been a fun company and an exciting company to follow, and we look forward to following up with you and uh, hearing about where you go next when you're ready to talk about that. So, thanks for taking the time with us today. Yeah, you bet. Thanks so much, Bill. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. My guest has been Jay Reno, founder and CEO of Feather. Take care, and we hope to talk to you soon. Wonderful. Thank you, Bill.